That's right. I knew that was going to happen. Trigger finger, Ricky. Trigger finger. (laughs) When we get to the end and we ask people to send in feedback, I've got some I'd like to read out as well, which uh, is a very nice little feedback, and I thought it might encourage other people to send in thoughts as well. So you've got sure. You read one out last time. We've got this one for this time. I thought it might help just spread those out a little bit. Okay. Let me make a note of that at the end. Are you already recording? For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Record everything. Hang on. Let me make a note of that. Well, I see your dog is... He's yapping. He's yakking. Yakking. All right. Let's get it started with this wonderful. And now for something completely machinable. Hello, everyone. Welcome. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> I'm always amazed at uh, how that happens. Anyway, hello uh, to the podcast. And now for something completely machinima. I am Ricky Grove, a machinima filmmaker, retired bookseller, uh, computer graphics reporter, reader, uh, lover of film noir and science fiction, gardener. Cleanup artist, cook, barbecuer—you name it. I love to do it. Well done. I'm Tracy Harwood. I'm a woman. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. No, I agree, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. There's much more to you um, than just that, Tracy. <laughs> yes, you're very. I thought it would sum it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, I'm Damien Valentine, uh, otherwise known as Darth Angelus, uh, filmmaker, um, cosplayer. Uh, I'm currently working on our, the goat costumes that, that we're all going to be wearing later on in the series mm-hmm. uh, once I finish them. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, and welcome to our podcast. Yes, yes. You know what might be fun? Making, uh, uh, using Character Creator 3, Real Illusions Character Creator 3, which is great because you can essentially um, create any kind of character you want and then make uh, characters of each of us mm-hmm. in there as close as we can and then uh, create some sort of little funky little movie with that. That would be fun. I'd like to do that. Yeah. Anyway. Adventures of Completely Machinimity. That's right. They've got that face scanning thing, so you can <laughs> import a photo of someone. It will generate a model. I of haven't it. had much luck with that. I always find it's much easier to get a similar face and then morph it as opposed to doing the transition. Somehow they don't quite get the textures right, and so you end up getting sort of an odd texture of skin for the head, and then the body is a different texture, and then you got to deal with all of that. But anyway, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Let's see what we can do with that. We are here with the uh, film segment uh, of our uh, August 2021 podcast. We'd love to hear from you. We heard from Zeke365 last time. So um, please send us a message, even if it's to tell us we're idiots and we have noses like turds. That's fine. <laughs> I, I'm Whatever you want to say. And I want uh, you may notice that we don't have Bill Rice on our show today. He is on vacation with his family. Um, he just thinks that that's a better thing to do than spending time with us. I mean, that's okay. We're not upset or, or, or mad at him in any way. Are we guys? Hmm. No, no. The, um, I better cancel the uh, bounty hunter I sent after him. Yeah, you, you probably should. Cause he is with his family and then you get linked in with murder for all of them. You know, so yeah, that. yeah bad. let me just uh, send a quick text here. Okay. And then <laughs> now I made a, uh, I used uh, NVIDIA has an open source database for creating AIs and uh, you use deep learning technology algorithms uh, by putting in tons of data. And so I used all of Phil's uh, recorded comments in previous uh, completely machinima podcast. And I created an AI for Phil. 
So uh, let's see what he has to say. Hello. Hey, pretty good, pretty good. So yeah. Phil, uh, how are you doing today? Do you you really looking forward to this podcast? No, I agree, a hundred percent. Okay. Absolutely. My hat's off to you, Ricky. You're you're exactly exactly right. I mean, okay. That's, that's that's the perfect way to say it. There's really nothing for me to say. Okay. Sure, that sounds good. So he'll be piping in as we go through our uh, film segment this time, and uh, we'll see what he has to say. I, before I we jump into our films, I'd like to talk just briefly about a, an amazing short film that was uh, came out. It's not; it's a traditional three D uh, film uh, created in Blender by a guy named Ian Hubert, and he, it's such an interesting film, and he has so much out about how he made it. I thought it would be inspirational to Machinima filmmakers. It's called uh, Dynamo Dream. You can see it on YouTube. It's essentially a kind of Blade Runner, but rather than the dark side of the city, you see the sort of more positive side of the city. There's a young woman. She makes a living by growing organic vegetables and then selling little cups of salad that she makes from the vegetables. Uh, uh, on the side of the walkway, she gets involved in trying to send out a message to her boyfriend who's in another city. She has to go through the bureaucracy um, of it, but it's very detailed. It's very uh, imaginative. Uh, there's great color. It's hard to believe that it was a single filmmaker who made this episode one. Uh, what did you think of it, Tracy? I thought it was stunning. I really did. And I, I, to be honest, I haven't picked up on your Blade Runner. I'd sort of gone sort of cyberpunk, vaguely ready player one-ish, a little bit of real steel in there as well with the, you know, the crab fighting the, the giant robots in that other district that was on the screen halfway through and a little bit of Matrix thrown in at the end as well. Um, but I thought it was, um, I thought the, the ending was really quite interesting. This is clearly... Uh, a young woman who's uh, ethically principled, which is, um, you know, your your point there. Um, but she's clearly trying to follow her dreams in this in this story. So I really liked where that was going. It was a really interesting um, uh, plot, I thought, and uh, you know, beautifully created. Lots and lots of detail. Oh, detail! The the what's the word? Verisimilitude. Yes, of the very uh, much. other thing is just every detail makes it so alive. My my reference to Blade Runner was because of early scenes in which they're in a kind of market as she's walking down a marketplace, and it reminded me of those early market scenes where uh, uh, the detective character is eating in a in a uh, Oriental restaurant eating noodles. Instead of it being a noir scene, it's much more bright. Sure, you could see the, the poor people and you could see the dirt and everything, but it didn't have that same ominous quality. It was much more positive and up. However, there are some truly creepy moments in this first episode in which she encounters the bureaucracy of this place. Oh, my goodness. There's one character that she goes to uh, that is, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just macabre combination of technology and human and it's just crazy. Ian Hubert is a vastly talented person and has been a part of the Blender community for a long time. He has a very long uh, a video on his uh, website, which we'll link to in the notes, um, in which he describes the process of making this film. And it's a surprising process because he basically talks about how to cheat, how to do things without actually doing them in detail how to cover and add mixed medium to make something look more elaborate than it actually is. And for that reason, I find it would be an inspirational uh, video for machinima filmmakers to watch uh, because machinima filmmakers are always working with limitations in a game engine. And that's exactly what he does because he's the sole person working on it. He doesn't have time to model everything. Um, although he does do modeling, but he shows you how to put it together in Blender. And Blender is such a good tool uh, nowadays for uh, creating uh, all sorts of interesting uh, material for 3D models, uh, uh, texturing, animation, all kinds of things. And his connection to that is very strong. 
So I, we do recommend that you watch that film. Um, I think you'll enjoy it as well. And we'd like to uh, recommend Phil's short Red Dead Redemption 2 comic piece about creating machinima in Red Dead Redemption 2. It's a short one, but he does it like old-style Hollywood, where the director's, all right, roll it, sound, speed. And uh, it has a a horseman. The scene is the horseman's going to ride in to the camera and stop. But somehow the horseman starts going up in the air and riding in the midair till he always till he gets to the top, and then of course the horse and the rider fall to the ground, and the director is like, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, and then he plays it out as if that were a real shot. You know, and and the the, <laughs> the subtle the subtle satire of that is that. That's what you get when you work in Red Dead Redemption 2 because it's it's not particularly machinima friendly and all sorts of very strange things happen in it. What did you think of that that short, you guys? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It's so it it's so bang on the money. And the, and the 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 end line just absolutely nails it for me. I'm going to need a new horse. <laughs> <laughs> And he carries it on so well in the uh, in, in the description of it on the channel as well, which is uh, let's hope the American Society for Prevention of Cruelty <laughs> to uh, well, I think he should have changed it to NPCs to be honest. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was really, really good. Well done, well done, yeah. Phil. It Damien? brought back so many memories of uh, using machinima, uh, using games to make machinima, and the game not behaving the way you would expect it to, and something <laughs> like that happens. And I think anyone in our community who watches that is going to have the same <laughs> nostalgia of whatever glitches they've experienced in the games of their choice. They're going to come back and haunt them. And I think Phil, <laughs> yeah, he captured that perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's it a great made me appreciate short. what a great writer Phil is too. I mean, he's got... He's so talented with comedy and satire. Um, I wish he had more time. You know, he works full time at his computer business and he's raising a family with two young children. And and so it's really hard to get the time you need to be able to uh, uh, create stuff like this. I mean, I'm I'm glad that he has the time to do the podcast, frankly, but it really made me uh, appreciate his skill in being able to create uh, comedy in Machinima, and I wish he had more time. I wish you could clone him and have one of them just create films because they're just so good, so funny. Phil, we have an AI, don't we? Oh, that's yeah. right. Let's see what he says. Oh, I loved it. I loved <laughs> everything about it. I don't know if you've noticed since we've... Pitch. <laughs> yeah. It's speeding up. <laughs> I was thinking, is it just me or is it... No, it's speeding up. Okay, it wasn't just He's me mentioning gonna... things there. Maybe the AI is just nervous today. I have Maybe. to say, once again, Ricky is just 100% right. Spot on. Huh. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure I programmed this thing correctly. Let, let's try one more. You're absolutely right. Yeah. He didn't okay. say very much. I mean, his line, I thought he had a bit more of a repertoire than that, really. I mean, huh. I'm not sure your AI skills are up to it, mate. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Might need a little bit more work, I think. Yeah. I'll, I'll, maybe later we can come up with a few more. So anyway, he, uh, Phil had two two picks. He has Moses the Hunt. Um, it's created by Space Timer Studios. It's got 22,000 views. It was... Uh, um, it's an amazing short. Um, it's a very violent, uh, peck, and paw comes to mind when I'm, uh, talk about it. There's an interesting race element in it. Um, essentially the plot is a wanted poster, which shows a African-American man wanted, uh, this group of, uh, of bounty hunters go out. Uh, they've just taken over and killed everybody in a small town, I assume, while they're looking for him. And then they go out and they encounter him. And there's a bit of a twist at the end. Um, there's a sort of a mixed morality, very hard-boiled. Uh, my only uh, problem with the animation, um, uh, my only problem is with the animation transitions. 
one of the problems with uh, Grand Theft Auto is, I mean, excuse me, Red Dead Redemption, is that when an animation transitions to another animation, it isn't always smooth. So there's an abrupt switch in their body, and it sort of takes you out of the. I mean, I mean, uh, machinima filmmakers and machinima viewers accept those sorts of small things. But I think a pro would blanch at that. But I have to say, I really enjoyed the, there's no dialogue. It's all told with um, a visual imagery. And I liked it very much. I thought it was really good. What'd you guys think? Yeah, I love the uh, great soundtrack and driven, oh, yeah. really driven, driven by that soundtrack. Um, and the action perfectly is, um, you know, com- complements the, the story, the sound, the sound and the, the story are perfectly kind of matched. Um, a lot more brutal than I thought it was going to be when I started watching it, have to say. Me too, yeah. Um, I, the other thing I was thinking, is that a, um, you know, the, 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 on, the, on the credits, there were 33 or 34 other players. So was that, was that about choreography as well? Yes, uh, I'm sure um, they shot it all inside of the, the multiplayer um, version of uh, Red Dead Redemption. Well, well, that's a lot of um, actors, isn't it, to sort of uh-huh. um, pull, pull together, 33, 34, in the fight scene. Well, that was pretty impressive, I thought. Yeah, I thought so um, too. The only, um, the only other thing I would say, and this is, this is more about the game itself, you know, the, 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 the diversity of those N- NPCs, the detail on those horses, uh, everything from the tack they're wearing to, to the colours, the shapes, the size, the way they move. It's absolutely stunning level detail. Isn't it? it? It's just outstanding. It's absolutely amazing to see a game at that uh, level of detail, irrespective of what they do with it. It's beautiful. Yeah, I noticed, that, I noticed that at one point where the, um, the bad guys were, the bounty hunters were up on a ridge and one of the guys was looking down using a a, 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 a scope, a telescope, and there was a mid-range shot in which you saw three of the horses, and all three horses had different behaviors. Yeah, yeah. One of them I mean, was I know wickering. Another one's tail was switching up. It just was so alive. Yeah, beautifully done. Beautifully done. Yeah. Yeah, I've got two things to say about it. One was, um, as Tracy kind of uh, hinted at already, is the coordination of getting all those uh, players to act out the scenes the way they did. Things like um, the shot where all those horses go across the river, and mm-hmm. it's all they're all oh, in a straight yeah. line. Yeah. Um, but it looked real, like they really were. Um, yeah, a team going across together, not just um, randomly crossing the river. They were in their proper formation and it looked great. Um, and the other thing that really stood out to me was the, the camera work. Um, it, that was almost professional level camera work, the way it all moved around and all the sure shots. Was. Yeah. And listening to you and Phil talking about your experiences playing this game, this, it's not very machinima friendly. So I'm left wondering how did they actually manage to pull all this off? Because it, it looks like there's a, I know there isn't, but it looks like there's proper machinima tools in the game to be able to do that. And you'd need that kind of setup yeah. to, to be able to do this properly. And they did this without any of that. So that's a very talented group of people who've made this film. A lot of hard work. Space Timer Studios has got a really good YouTube uh, channel. Most of it's done with uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, but there's some other ones in there as well. I, we highly recommend them. I also have a little theory I want to share with you guys. I think certain game engines reveal themselves more readily to some people than they do to others. Now I know Phil is a, is very skilled and very smart in being able to jump on a game engine, but both he and I had terrible problems with their multiplayer. I can't imagine those problems. If this group space timer studios had those problems, they would have been able to make this film. So somehow they were able to work with the multiplayer in a much better way than Phil and I uh, were able to. And some of that comes down to luck, and some of it comes down to their connection, their their internet connection, their streaming connection, and their 
ability to just work on it day after day after day. It just takes a lot of hard work to figure it out. And I think sometimes those sorts of hard to work with game engines, they yield their secrets slowly. But once you finally get it, it's like a breakthrough for them. And they realize, oh, this is what you need to do because there's no guidebook. Nobody lays out a, I mean, the company, uh, uh, Rockstar Games, they don't really have a long, you know, documentation for how to do any of this. So you just sort of discover it on your own, which to me is really cool because that's the same spirit of machinima that machinima began in. You know what I mean? Trying to crack the nut of how a game engine works. But boy, it was sure great. I could imagine these people making a uh, cut scene for a major uh, game engine. I could imagine them doing a, a, a 3D animated film. I could see this as a longer film. You know what I mean? Don't you? Maybe mm, 60 yeah. minutes as a Western. Yes. Uh, I did see. I love the morality was, in it. It looks like there is a second film. I saw it. It came up as the uh, recommended links. It's an, there's another Moses film. So I'm, I'm interested to have a look at that. I didn't get a chance to um, before this podcast, but yeah. it looks like they've done more. So I'm interested to see what they've yeah. done. Just great. Okay, let's move on to Phil's second pet. Well, what did you think, Phil? Absolutely. My hat's off to you, Ricky. You're you're exactly exactly right. I mean, that's 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 the perfect way to say it. There's really nothing for me to say. It really does sound like that the AI Phil's been on the helium. Yeah. The Mickey Mouse version. How odd. Oh, anyway, let's go on to Hired Steel, a mech machinima, episode one. Um, it's a military machinima using the uh, mechs, you know, the anime mechs where a person is inside of a, a body-shaped uh, mech fighter, uh, like a robotic thing. Um, it's a favorite type of film in machinima uh, right from the very beginning, military in particular. That's, there were so many games uh, that were military-related, fighting uh, kinds of games that uh, that sort of machinima subject was very popular from the beginning. It's not my particular type of, of favorite machinima um, because so much of the uh, machinima games, I mean, the actual games rely on cliche and stereotype. They're all sort of John Wayne-ish kind of things. And I, I, I liked them when I was a kid, but I'm a little bit older now and I can, and I've read so much about World War II and military. I know that the agony of war is much more um much more alive than these games want to say it however uh getting stepping away from that point of view i have to say the film was well produced it was well acted um it was a nice morality play i enjoyed it although once again it's not my favorite type of machine damien do you want to go first this time okay um I haven't played this particular Mech Warrior game. I've played some of the older ones, and I enjoyed them. So I'm, only a, little, I'm a little bit familiar with the setting that this uh, film is in. Um, it's kind of hard to tell who the good guys and who the bad guys are. But in some ways, that's true to the setting. It's, it, it's all uh, perspectives, and there aren't really any good guys or bad guys. And I, I kind of like that. Um, so, you, so you're not really sure which side you're supposed to be rooting for. I thought it was really well shot. Um, it, I, I'm not familiar with this game, so I don't know sort of the technical aspects of how um, they could do it in the game. If the game has lots of camera angles, or if they had to, um, like the Moses video, if they had to really struggle to learn th this platform and come up with this. But however it worked, they did it really well, and I, I enjoyed the, the film. Mm, yeah, I I think I agree with all of that. Really, I thought it was. Um... I mean, it was clearly the beginning of something, but we're not sure what yet. Because it's, you know, episode one, and like you say, you don't know exactly whose side you're on, although you, you're, you've got different perspectives that you're presented with. So it was a kind of seek-and-destroy type mission thing with an, a human operator story in the mix. And I thought it was quite well-voiced, um, you know, quite well-filmed, very yeah. well, pretty well-acted, I thought. And, yeah. and I think once again, the thing that always, it, it hits me much more nowadays, I think, that with most of the films that we're looking at, is the quality of the soundscape. It's, it's, um, this, this really does uh, affect the, the, your perception of the quality of the film. And this one was mm. really good again on the quality of the, of the soundscape. 
Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I think I underestimated how good that was in my rush to judgment on it being a, a cliched military machinima. Um, the soundscape was superb. Uh, the, the quality of and the detail in it really made it come alive in a way. So yeah, I kicked my estimation up a little bit higher. This is definitely a series you want to look for. It's going to continue growing. The uh, YouTube channel that it's based on has more uh, mech episodes. Um, I definitely recommend it. All right, Tracy, you had a really interesting series of picks this month. In fact, I was so impressed with all of the films that we came up, but your picks in particular are really, really quite something. <laughs> Two completely different films, actually. The first one, um, let's, let's start with The Life of Bigfoot, um, which was a, a cinematic machinima, Grand Theft Auto 5 by a guy called Yogi Trex. Virtually no uh, views of this on YouTube whatsoever, which is kind of interesting. Um, but I, I sort of was a little bit open-minded when I started looking at this. This is a non-narrative um, story with a really intriguing um, music soundscape that kind of takes you with it. And there's yeah, a real, yeah. real ebb and flow in in the way that this thing unfolds. And, you know, the story, the, the story sort of presents you with this Hulk-like character that descends from the hills and interacts with humans, first on motorways and eventually in streets and buildings and it's almost like an adaptation of um do you remember stig of the dump do you ever remember that classic no. kids story stig of the dump no. one mm. i recommend you have a look at but it's kind of a retelling of that sort of um you know an ancient man being found in a modern context sort of thing mm. um but this time updated for the for the grand theft auto 5 environment so there are a few accidents and mishaps along the way and um and clearly through through this character's interactions with the with the gta world the, the, the character becomes bolder and more aggressive and eventually just runs off into the night um uh, and i think this is interesting because it was it was quite a what i'd call a raw machinima um but the but the editing style i thought was really intriguing and there's one shot which kind of really did pique my interest as a, as a, a sort of a, a technique. And that's where it seemed, seemed that the camera angles were, I don't really know how to describe it, but inversed at around 8 minutes 30. Um, so the camera follows and then swivels and is then ahead of the character running towards it. It's really, and it's all done, seemingly done in a fairly fluid way. Hmm. It's a really interesting way to sort of present the scene. So... Having said all that, overall, nine minutes long, I think it is a bit long. Um, and I have to say, because of that, I think I'd be slightly concerned when uh, Yogi Trex sort of badges it as a trailer. Uh, and, a, and a trailer for what, I wonder. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd be concerned at that. But I'm intrigued by this film. I don't know. What did you guys think? Uh, I'm, I, I was trying... Let me start again. I wasn't <laughs> sure if it's meant to be serious or a comedy because at the beginning, Bigfoot kind of comes out and he's standing by the road and these cars are going past and he's watching them. And I'm trying to work out, is he scared of it or is he deliberately trying to mess with the drivers? Uh, and then he causes all this chaos and mayhem on the road. And obviously the, 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 the director is limited by the animations in the game. But when he starts fist fighting with the drivers that have come out of their cars, um, I, I, again, struggling to work out, is this a comedy or is it serious? I don't know. But I enjoyed that um, that whole sequence a great deal. Um, and one thing that really threw me off, though, is the end. It just suddenly stops. It doesn't yeah. really yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Just suddenly, I, thought, I thought I might have accidentally pressed something and stopped the video uh, because it, that was, it was that abrupt. So, um, yeah, and, and like you said, it, they did say it's a trailer. So uh, that's a very long trailer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was a little mistake to call it a trailer. It's a short piece, an introductory piece to something. Um, yeah. I want to say that I think our cultures, both the UK and the United States, the North American uh, culture, tends to want to have finished products. 
They want to have everything wrapped up nicely. That's one reason why they have machinima filmmakers who make some little thing have to have elaborate title sequences at the beginning of their film because they're sort of aping Hollywood style. You know, they want to have everything wants to be finished so you can present it and say, hey, isn't this great? It's just like a Hollywood movie or it's just like a television thing that we see. And so everybody gives their respect and they say, yeah, it's just like it. Well, I have a theory that I think that there are machinima can be used as a way to experiment with things, with try things out that are not finished, that are not complete. Um, and what you do is you, you, it benefits the filmmaker because they're able to see things that work and see things that don't work. And they benefit the viewer because uh, they can also see those things, but they can also appreciate, they can see their, their imagination goes into the machinima and they can see more than what was actually made. I mean, on the face of it, the life of Bigfoot is just a guy or a gal who took a Bigfoot mod they had for a male character in Grand Theft Auto because all of the animations are essentially male animations for the Bigfoot character. I mean, he slides down a, a, a ladder, uh, he, he, he jumps, he fist fights, he kicks. Those are all animations we've seen a hundred times. So on the face of it, it's not particularly exciting. It's not particularly original on the face of it. However, because of this guy's ability to edit and to combine music and use the camera inside of Grand Theft Auto, it becomes something more than what it seems to be because he's experimenting with things and the character becomes oddly sympathetic. Do you know what I mean? It's almost as if you're looking at it, it joins up the idea of an outsider revolting against civilization, you know, and everybody goes, well, yeah, who freeways are awful, you know, bunch of cars driving around and you're scared to death. You sort of feel for him when he's kicking these cars, you know, even though the animation is just like if you had a major, a regular Grand Theft Auto character doing that, you would say, hey, that's um, the, the, the animation is not specific to a Bigfoot character. You can't imagine for a second that that's how a Bigfoot character would react, but it doesn't make any difference because he's trying to do something that's a little bit different. And the, the sort of light ambient rock soundscape musicscape and the sound of the freeway and of the night and everything. It, it's strangely compelling. Um, and I don't, I'm, I've tried to put my finger on it, but I can't quite, quite do so. Was, but I really applaud these experimental works, these attempts to try to do something different. Damien. Yeah. Talking about being sympathetic towards the character, there's one shot where he's on the bridge and he, he falls off and he hits the ground really hard. Um, um, the ground hits is another part of the, the the road, and there's a car coming along, and it kind of slows down a little bit. It, it's because the, the film is being shot in slow motion, and you're kind of wondering, is that car going to stop, and they're going to get out and help Bigfoot? And then the slow motion stops, and you see the car speeding off. And I, I feel like that the driver obviously saw this person fall down, hit the ground. It wouldn't know it's Bigfoot because just it was dark, and so it's just a human shape. And you think, are they going to stop and help this human? And they don't. And yes. that, I think that says a lot there. It, I think it does too. It's a good point. It's a, it's a lot of um, anti-humanity. Is that the right word? I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of lot of touch points in that in that non-narrative representation that just took me along a journey. And you can end up you can see why it ended up being aggressive. It's a little bit like falling down. You know, the sort of mild-mannered thing turns into something quite. Uh, and you know, frustrated at the, at the end uh, at the end of it because of all the situations that um, the character has found itself in. Um, but yeah, I, I I was intrigued by that one. Not something I would normally pick at all. Yeah, but um, I'm glad you brought it up because it's a, really an example of what you can do with machinima by just trying things out. Hmm. Um, you know, it's like sharing. A, things don't have to be complete in machinima filmmaking, they don't have to be packaged like professional level packaging. I think a lot of times 
films don't get made because they're so critical of themselves that they're unwilling to release something that might not be perfect, you know? And I think, so what? So what if something isn't perfect? Just put it out there, get it done, and then move on to the next one, because that's the way to learn to do something. Get rid of that critic inside of your head and just put something together. And Because oftentimes accidents, things that you put together, they, they channel your unconscious. They channel things that you don't know exactly what you're doing. It isn't rational. Um, I don't even know whether this uh, person, Yogatrex, made this film with the idea of making Bigfoot a sympathetic character. But that's what happens in the film. It becomes this sort of other, you know, that we can all identify with. The idea of Bigfoot is just as important as what Bigfoot character does in the film. And I think that's a fascinating thing. And I think I'd, I'd like to see more machinima mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, I agree. Now, Nine, oh, what did, what did Phil say? You're absolutely right. Yeah. Wow, what was that? You're absolutely right. Yeah. What? You're absolutely right. Yeah. Huh. Are you sure he's, this is going okay? Because it... I, I just think I've somehow unconsciously made Phil a yes man. <sighs> Sorry about this. That means we're going to have to argue with you more. Yeah, yeah. Phil's not going to be happy with that one. What do you think? <laughs> no, I agree 100%. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse, Phil. Anyway, you've got a 90-degree film, mm. a 180-degree film. I've the got next a one, right? completely polished, beautifully made uh, rap. Another one by JT Music. This one featuring Andrea Storm Caden. Uh, and it's called Little Nightmares to Rap. Now, for me, this one, not not the sort of thing that I would go for again, but it's great. This has great um, pathos for me. Is the, There are truly wonderful lyrics here that really connect the game and that narrative arc so well. It's got, it, you know, it's quite dark, um, kind of reminded me a little bit. Do you, do you remember a couple of years ago, Banksy, um, the, um, the street artist, uh, uh, created this um, concept he called Dismaland, which was a, a theme park, sort of the antithesis to, to Disneyland. Right. Do you, do you remember seeing that in the, uh -huh. in the media? Yeah. This is very Dismaland. So this concept here is 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 in this uh, in this um, narrative, I think. Um, so I, you know, I was really impressed with it. I, I've played this uh, video um, several times. The themes. Very much of a of a dark fairy tale, uh, and the narrative lines which are overlaid on the on the film have this kind of Hans Christian Andersen style to them, um, which is actually bang on the money. Um, and I think you know we've we've previously featured these guys. They did the the Mandalorian rap that we right, right. looked at a few months back. Um, but I have to say I am so impressed with the the style and polish that these guys deliver. Through their content, what what did you think? Oh yeah, my question is: uh, is is the footage that they use? Is it from trailers, or did they go inside of the game and shoot additional footage? I believe my it's the from the game. Uh, I watched a friend of mine stream playing both the Little Nightmares games uh, a couple of months ago, and so I believe it is all directly from the game that they've captured this footage. Wow. It's an absolutely gorgeous game, I tell you. And the Hans Christian Andersen uh, reference is spot on, Tracy. Uh, I got that feeling as well. That, you know, their, their songs and their connection to the games, their lyrics are so great that you sort of think, I mean, I'm really happy they're, they're using Machinima and I'm really happy that they're doing various games. But their songs are so good that they're almost better than the mm. material that they're working with, you know. Mm. And yet, that's their 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 YouTube channel consists of that's their their rap taking of uh, uh, machinima footage and creating a rap like song around the theme of the game. Yeah, and they wouldn't have the they wouldn't have the 
the the um uh, the the lyrics if you like without the game they're mm-hmm. so well they're so well tied together they so understand the game i think that's the that's the issue whether they write them all themselves is i don't know maybe maybe they have a community that they draw content from that helps them pull the lyrics together because they're quite prolific these guys i mean they oh they i know put, put a new one out every every couple of weeks or so yeah. um so you know they're i don't know how they can be so prolific they've got to have a a team behind them somehow, team. I would have yeah yeah very hard working very talented group of people yeah absolutely absolutely, absolutely. we highly recommend it. it's a really wonderful music and beautiful machinima production qualities it's just the top level um I wanted to to mention a little quick flashback. One of the very first music videos created in Machinima was Still Seeing Breen by Paul Marino, who started that tradition. I, I believe it's the first Machinima uh, use in a video. Of course, it became really big after, uh, what was it, MTV did a series yes. With uh, that became a big deal using machinima. In fact, there's still some bands, indie bands, that use machinima to make uh, their music videos. Um, so it's great to look back at that thing. Anybody who wants to see Still Seeing Breen is still very effective. I watched it not too long ago. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, good picks this week. Thank you. Damien, you've got a very interesting film XCOM Ballet by Ion Bomb. Yeah, um, I came across this. I'm a, a big fan of the XCOM games, and I thought, I wonder if there's any, if anyone's actually made any machinima with them. Uh, and I came across this one, and it really stood out to me because I don't actually know how they made it. Um, <laughs> so the way the game works is it's a turn-based game, and you have your small group of characters, and if you make them do something like run across um, to a different part of the map, you get a little cinematic of them running, and if one of the alien characters does something like um, they spot your team or if they open fire or something, you get a little close-up cinematic of them doing their thing. And so I recognize some of those shots in this video. But then there are other shots I thought, there's no way that they could do that without modding the game. The game is not very moddable. So I'm at a complete loss of how they managed to pull this off. And that's one of the things that really stood out to me because it was so well done. Uh, and the timing with the music was perfect uh, for all these different shots, especially when um, you got these line of alien characters and they kind of jump. And they off jump. The, the they do that. Yes. Uh, yeah. That sort of metro MGM musical style jump. Yeah, and Busby Berkeley style. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know how they did that in the game because the game doesn't work that way. Yeah. Uh, just to give one everybody, th- give everybody a brief uh, overview of what it is. Um, the it's a kind of music video using, I think, Tracy, you said it was a, a yeah, Rossini, Rossini opera? It's La Gaza Ladra Overture by Rossini, and it's the opera that we know as The Thieving Magpie. And it's it's one of the um, scenes within that, so it's just a part of the um, of the overture. Uh, but it's 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 so well synced, it's beautiful. Yeah, it builds. Uh, it builds with uh, individual groups uh, of characters in the game, and until it eventually climaxes with sort of violent explosions, which are actually funny. They're very yeah. humorous because they fit with this uh, Strauss-like uh, waltzy kind of music. You know, the pacing of the the uh, uh, of the film is just flawless um this film was my favorite of of all of the films that were picked this month because it was such a creative use of machinima in a game that has absolutely nothing to do with the music taking these two disparate things and putting them together was such a creative act i it 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 made me want to shoot something in XCOM, which is i think what all great machinima films do when you watch it you go oh man i got to do something in that engine (laughs) You know, well, if you do want to do that, this was made with the original, not well, not the very original because that was ninety three, but the first they did a remake of it uh, in two thousand twelve, and this is that game. The second game, which is just called XCOM two, is the one that's much more moddable with character customization. So I'd probably recommend doing that one if you wanted to give it a try. Uh, but yeah, but because this game is not moddable, that's why it really stuck up stood out to me because you can't. I don't know how they did it. 
Hmm. It's, it's all shot in the game, so it's not like they took the models and rendered it separately. So I, I, I'm at a complete loss. And yeah. I think that's one of the things about one of the things I like about the machinery is if you can't figure out how they did it, but you know they did it in the game, I, I, that's a sign of real talent to me. Yes, yes. If anybody's listening from Ion Bomb uh, to this uh, podcast, please write to us and let us know how you did some of this in the in the game. Yeah. We'd love just, to interview you. Love yeah, to. we would. Please, come on. We, we want to talk to you about your films. I was going to just add to this that, um, you know, I, I occasionally do showcases of machinima in, um, in Leicester and whatnot. And what I wanted to do with this one was put it on the big screen, the big outdoor screen in the city on Guy Fawkes night <laughs> <laughs> as an alternative game themed fireworks display. I thought nice. it was beautiful. Yeah. That would work so well. I think it would entertain a lot of people who are I think that. it would too, but then I was thinking you need more you need more of this kind of thing to entertain people with this as the finale, I think. This is beautiful yep. work. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Great, great pick, Damien, our favorite. A thumbs up, big thumbs up for this one. Thank you. All right. Well, I've got, uh, we're going to close out with uh, three films that I have picked. Uh, the first one is a Skyrim machinima by Kendor was here called Call of Cthulhu. Uh, it's shot inside of a mod created by sea of, by uh, Aranim, A-R-A-A-N-I-M. Um, that was one of the things that attracted me. Skyrim has lots of mods. And I was fascinated to see how they would take the Lovecraft uh, worldview and put it inside of Skyrim. And I think it's a perfect match. The problem with the machinima is that the acting is atrocious in it and the sound is not particularly good. So I recommend turning off the sound and watching the film as just a visual, but the visuals are so great and so gritty and so creepy. Uh, they match uh, Lovecraft's, um, worldview and style perfectly. What did you guys think? Yeah, I, I, um, I, I wasn't so. Um, uh, uh, I didn't see the same sort of problem that you had with the with the um, with the sound because like, to me it sounded. I know I keep banging on about these kind of you know Marvel universe type stuff, but it was it to me it was, felt a little bit Thor meets Alien meets Pitch Black <laughs> kind of you know that sort of. Uh, mashup sort of stuff I think and and then I think I, w I was kind of completely creeped out by the whole thing until it got to the end and then it was Godzilla yes yeah that was that, that was that was just Godzilla and that that blew it for me but up yeah. until that point I thought it was very well done actually not, not too bad very clumsily done the kind of stuff that you'd expect from the you, you know Marvel Universe type stuff yeah I wanted to include it because the uh, the use of a mod of a game in Machinima and the resulting visuals and the uh, ev evocative nature of uh, uh, in the Lovecraft mythos I thought mm. was very interesting. What did you think, mm. Damien? Uh, well, I, I continue what <clears throat> Tracy just said. Um, when you said Godzilla, they actually used the T Rex roar from Jurassic Park in that oh, last shot. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that roar so many times I know exactly where it came from <laughs> um, but yeah I, when I was going to watch it I thought they've taken the game and they're telling a Lovecraft story I, well, I didn't. it took me a little while to figure out what they've done is taken Lovecraft and put it in the world of Skyrim yes. it's not just it's not just um, a Lovecraft story they've modified the story to fit that game world as well yeah. and I thought about it I thought actually that would work really well because it, um, it, it, they just work. It blends well together, uh, and I thought it was very well shot. And I really liked the the Lovecraftian settings they did when they did the the city, because um, obviously that's not in Skyrim. Um, I don't really know what else I can say that you guys haven't already said about it. But I was I like your idea it. of turning it around and saying they had they took the world of Lovecraft and adapted it in, in Skyrim. I, yeah. I think that's spot on. And I, because I think Skyrim is, as a game, I was really into that game when it came out and I explored it all over. One of the things I did is I, it has a very live um, history of books in it. So I spent a lot of time not playing the game, but tracking down books 
as various bookstores book in various cities. And doing that, and I was so glad that the game allowed me to do that, I came across some of the creepiest characters and some of the creepiest places that were outside of the mainstream plot, you know? And so when I saw this mod, I thought, well, that's perfect for Lovecraft because Lovecraft is so literary. I mean, he's so book related and they did that perfectly. There's a great scene in the, in this uh, call of Cthulhu where a book opens Mm. and the, the text starts moving all around on the book. Uh, That was perfect. Perfect for a Lovecraft. This company, um, uh, Kendar was here, has also done several other Lovecraft uh, adaptations. Dagon is one that they did. Dunwich uh, is another one that they did. Um, if you like uh, Lovecraft, I recommend that you check out this uh, YouTube channel. Kendor was here because although they're not, there are some problems with them. What's good in them and the how evocative they are over they overcome any of the obstacles of uh, shoddy production or things like that. Although I'm sorry, I just acting as <laughs> a thing with me and I just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I couldn't take it. the case of when you know the craft and someone yeah makes mistakes, it really sticks out with you. It's yeah, a, it's an occupational hazard, you know? Yeah. Like we were watching a Joan Crawford movie the other night and I was watching her do some stuff and I was thinking, oh, Joan, Joan, why'd you do that? Because she overplayed some stuff in a scene and I was thinking, oh, you know, the director it's, should have said, hey, Joan, just back off a little bit, back off a little bit. But it's an occupational hazard. I think you're right, uh, Tracy. Most people aren't going to have any problems with it. But like um, if you see a film with hacking in it and they come up with this really ridiculous hacking sequence, <laughs> but you know that that's completely not yes. how it works. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, my next film was a, an, another uh, kind of film that isn't, it doesn't have the quality of some of the films that you guys have picked, but I just like the, the combination of things. It's shot in Star Citizen, and it's a Nancy Sinatra song called Bang Bang, He Shot Me Down, one of her more um, pop songs, kind of a silly song. But I just thought that the combination of using Star Citizen and this, this song was such an odd combination that it was intriguing to me. What did you guys think? Well, it, it's actually um, uh, Shot Me Down uh, featuring Skylar Grey by David Guetta. So oh. it's, a really, it's a really upbeat kind of, you know, rappy type. Oh, that's thing. right. That's right. I'm sorry. I misrepresented yeah. it. Yeah. No, it was, but, it, but you're, you're absolutely right. The, the Nancy Sinatra sort of, you know, bang, bang, you shot me down. And the way that that is matched with what you see on the, on the screen in the, in the narrative art, it's it's a really good, well done sort of matching up of image and sound again. But who would have thought to put "Bang Bang"? He shot me down with it with a machinima film. Who would have done that? I and in Star That's, Citizen too, you know, it's, like, huh? it's really it's creatively done. It's really it's really interesting. And the only problem I'd got with it, actually, having said all of that, is unless you knew that song, you wouldn't know that from the credits because it's not credited yeah and I, and I actually think you know a, a lot of the films that we talked about tonight we've had to do some digging to actually um know what stuff uh, has been used and where it's come from and who's involved and what have you and I, and I actually think it's common decency really now is it not to recognize your source material yeah and I know I know that YouTube has some issues um you know with uh, takedowns and all of that sort of stuff um, and maybe that's why it's not recognized in this one, but I do think it would have been nice to actually just sort of say what your source in, and your inspirations were in, in the credits. So that's my only real comment on this one, other than yeah, the fact right. I loved it a lot. I agree with you there about the, the source because I watched the XCOM ballet and I've heard the music before, but I'm not familiar with the ballet itself. So when, when you were talking about it, that was educational to me because that, that that now made a bit more sense to me. Uh, I get the same here with the music. What I really liked is you've got these two characters repeatedly killing each other, but it's not just the same 
they're not just the same character models. Each time they do it, they dress differently. And they've got different weapons. There's even a bit where they're flying two different spaceships and they, mm. they blow each other up. And um, I think that added a lot to the video as, itself because otherwise it would be very repetitive. I know it's a short song, but it would be very repetitive if you have the, the same two ex- exact yeah. characters yeah. shoot each other and then they step on the stage again, shoot each other. And they do. And it kind of is that, but they're, they're not the same. It's like they're repeating themselves over and over again but not exactly, but it's like a, a time loop kind of thing and slightly different, different outfits. But every time that they meet, they kill each other. Yeah. It caught the, uh, the, the machinima part of it caught the kind of silly, goofy quality to it. You know, that was funny. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was funny. And yet at the same time, watching them die each time was a little sort of black humorish as well. I thought. That was what attracted to me uh, the whole the whole thing. I, I like to to look at films here that are that are different, that uh, may not be technically perfect, but still have something unique to them. I really like the fact that they use their uh, imagination to put these two together. You know, it's a personal thing. I'm sure it's a they love this song, and um, they wanted to figure out a, a way to visualize it and. They love Star Citizen, and so the two came together. Those are unique. It's one of the cool things about Machinima. People can do that. I mean, Hugh loving Ozymandias and then saying, well, well, let's put this in a Machinima, you know? All right, my last one is, uh, although my favorite is your XCOM, but this is a close second because it's it's a strange Machinima that uses the Max Payne engine. Now, Max Payne was a, a really fun game, and the sequel was a, a fun game as well. And But one of the, the downsides of the game is that it was a very gray, very dark game that didn't have a lot of color in it. What I like about this uh, particular machinima is that it's a film within a film. Uh, a guy who's either a hitman or a, a person who has a, a revenge grudge he tracks down these other uh, rough-looking guys, and I think the model looks an awful lot like Mickey Rourke, if you ask me. I don't know whether you guys got that, but the main model looks a lot like Mickey Rourke. And he tracks them down to this sort of attic room, and he's on the roof, and he comes up to the window, and he looks through the window, and, and he sees a television show that the other guys are watching. Now, everything is gray except for the television screen, which is bright colors. And on the screen is a David, obvious David Lynch parody, Twin Peaks parody, where they're in that strange red room where there's this weird um, uh, carpet, shaped carpet and standing lamps and everything. And this odd narration. And it looks to me like the guy becomes so interested in it that he forgets what he's doing. And it's only till the end of the show that he decides to crash in the window and shoot out the, shoot the guys, you know, there's, and that's all done off screen. And then he jumps out the other window and takes off. And that's the end of the film. Um, It was done by a guy named Volsky, who is Russian in many of his other um, films are in Russian uh, some are in Second Life, but this one in particular I thought was very unusual, and I liked the strange combination of film within a film. Uh, I thought it was really well done, and you just don't see Max Payne machinima done very often. What did you guys think of the film? Um, I was caught. It's the the idea he stops at the window and just watches what the, he's going to kill these guys. And he stops at the window to watch what they're watching. Um, I thought that was great. Is I'm not <laughs> sure if it's meant to be a comedy moment or not, but it it's, it came across to me as one, and I could just imagine now that if you <laughs> a hitman turning up and being so entertained by what the, <laughs> they're doing that he doesn't actually do the job, <laughs> and I, I, I just I just had to laugh for a moment, and then it went on, and then he said eventually does go he crashes through the window and kills these guys and then goes on but it's just a it's not what you expect hitman to do but in a way you could imagine it happening and it's funny and that really stood out to me and 
as you said, Max Payne's not, it's quite an old game now, so people don't use it to make machinima. So it was nice to have um, something that was in a very different platform to what we usually look at. Yeah. I don't think I've got anything to, I don't think I've got anything to add to that one, really. It's not, wasn't really my sort of film. It was, uh, yeah, just, yeah, no, it's not my sort of thing, really. I didn't think. Okay. I can't really put my finger on it. It was, um, yeah, not, I think maybe the Max Payne thing wasn't it. Never something I really got into. (laughs) Well, I think the appeal is less of the Max Payne and the actual TV show because the TV show is very funny. Yes. Um, it's a narrator talking about a kind of dream that he had in which his double was there and his double was doing all sorts of things to a flamingo. And then yeah, the flamingo uh... spoke in another voice. And of course, the visuals are these bright, bright colors in the middle of this sort of grayish area. I just thought the combination of the two things were so unique. Mm. Um, I, I kind and, of, it reminded me of sort of schizophrenia type. Um, you know the, the, that kind of <coughs> excuse me, yeah, I got it. Psych, psycho, psychological thir- thriller kind of stuff that sort of you have to think about quite deeply. And I, I, I got I it. Just, it wasn't it wasn't my sort of thing. I didn't think this. Time. What if the uh, hitman was a Bigfoot <laughs> character? Well, maybe <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If it was a Bigfoot character and he s- smashes the window and comes in and yeah, fights, yeah, I them think I think that that might would, have would that have been appealing to you? Maybe, maybe, maybe well, yes. I, I'm finding is- the idea of that appealing as well. I kind of want to see that now. Yeah. Let's see what Phil says. Oh, I loved it. I loved everything about it. <sighs> Thanks, Phil. I think well, the chair he's sitting on is just getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Well, listen, um, we've uh, talked a lot about films this time. We had a little bit that we wanted to do at the end, but we're going long. And it was a, a brief discussion of uh, Roblox being a playground for right-wing extremists. Um, That's a long conversation. I think we'll pass on that this time and just give you the uh, link to the article. Uh, Damien did want to share some feedback, though, uh, that we got. What did you have, Damien? So I got this feedback. It's from um, last month's podcast, and it came in two parts. So the first part was uh, to say that one of the links in our show notes was broken, um, so I went and fixed that. And uh, if you do find any links that are broken in our show notes, please let us know so that we can fix that and get the right information to you. That, that's very important to us. Uh, but the other part of it, which I thought was really nice, and I'm just going to read this out directly. I would compliment the podcast, but I'm literally 30 seconds into the June episode. It's my first one. And that would feel insincere. But I will tell you that I'm super excited it exists and I'm going all in on it, starting with the latest episode first because that's just how I roll. Um, <laughs> this is actually from Dulcie, from the Wolf, the Wolf and Dulcie. Um, oh, that's great. Uh, Lovely. Uh, and I, I, I really enjoyed watch, listening to their show when they were running it. So having praise from her really means a lot to me and it's nice to be able to share it with you. And, uh, yes. Great. Thank Enjoy. you, Dulcie. That's really nice. We loved your show very, very much. Wolf and Dulcie was one of my favorites. I was on it, and I think Phil was on it, too. Great. Yeah. Thanks for listening. That's cool. Now, remember, um, we're going to be skipping our discussion uh, podcast, and we're going to be doing Let's Play vi- individual Let's Play videos. Damien's going to be doing one. What's the? Do you know what the subject of your uh, Let's Play video is going to be, Damien? Um, yeah, so... As everyone listening should know, I'm working on the Star Wars uh, series, Heir to the Empire. And what I did is, uh, the most recent episode that I released just a few days ago, I recorded uh, myself filming or animating one of the scenes from it. Um, so I, 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 drop, I position the characters, I drop in the animations, do a little bit of clean up on uh, how their hands move, because you know, some of it, they're passing through each other. I drop in the lip sync and do some facial animation. Neat, neat. And Tracy, do you know what your Let's Play is going to be? I'm going to be wandering around Second Life, um, seeing what I can find, um, looking, look, looking, looking at what um, what great areas there are now. Some of the art installations that are are up and running. Having a chat with folks if I can find anyone to talk to mm-hmm. in there. We'll see. We'll just see how it goes. Are you going to do it by yourself, or are you going to go with someone? 
I'm hoping to go with Chantel Harvey, um, but that's not confirmed yet. Cool. Um, I'm going to be doing a uh, process of creating characters in the Nightmare Puppeteer and shooting a scene. Um, I'm also going to be doing uh, using the a character I created in uh, Adobe Character Animator as the narrator in it, as opposed to myself. Uh, so that's going to be fun, and I'll be talking about the process of doing that uh, as part of mine. Now, Phil, what are you going to be doing? Oh, I loved it. I loved everything <laughs> about it. Yeah, I that, think you that, might really need to give this AI some I, work because uh, you've not nailed it at all, have you? Uh, well, let, me try, let, let me try one more time. Okay, Phil, what's your Let's Play going to be about? You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm a little bit worried that we may get Cylons or Skynet out of this AI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. I mean, he's got a slightly bigger repertoire, I think. And, oh. you know, I don't know quite what valence you put on the, you know, the AI as you were programmed programming it i mean maybe it's a bit too hello. positive yellow hello 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 i agree 100 percent. hello 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 we've got a glitch hello oh hello well as um hello as our ai hello fill in the background we're gonna have to say goodbye Hello. Let us know what Hello. you think of uh, our show. Hello. You can contact us easily Hello. at com completelymachinima.com. Thank you, Damien and uh, Tracy, for being Hello. a part of the show this week. Thank you. Nice to uh, see you all again. And uh, hopefully we can get the real fill in next time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for again, and great to see you guys. And now for something completely machinima.